0: Mr. Bowman Podcast. If you're obsessed with the strategies, gear and stories that will make you a better backcountry bow hunter, you're in the right place. In this episode, we interview Nate and Tom from
1: Identical Draw. These are two twin brothers who are awesome and really selfless guys. Last fall, they took me and a bunch of other hunters out uh, for our first big game hunts, archery style. And they are truly solving the problem for new hunter recruitment. And I really think they're the future of the industry. We touch on a lot of topics in this one as well as the adventure that we went on and uh, we hope you enjoy. So without further ado, we bring you Nate and Tom from Identical Draw.
0: Hey Josh, Uh, exciting times today. We've got a few very cool guys Um, and I guess we we were joking before we started this game of telephone because I've been mentoring you, they mentored you, you've told me about them and vice versa. So pretty excited about today's podcast. Yeah, today
1: we have two special guests, uh, Nate and Tom from Identical Draw. Uh, I first met these guys because I saw either First Light post something from them or, or maybe I saw their post of like new hunter applications and they were going to take out like some new hunters for a hunt and I applied. I rarely... if ever apply to any of these types of, types of thing, and then somehow i won and i was freaking out and so I, I got to go on my very first mule deer hunt with these guys this last september first week of september in the great state of nebraska and uh it was super fun um so yeah nate tom welcome to the podcast
2: thanks for having thanks. us on guys yeah thanks for planning all this it was it took a while to rope us all on together but glad it could finally happen
1: Yeah, we got three different time zones going on, so...
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: More confusing, but uh, really excited we could get together. Um, So first thing I wanted to ask was, I remember when uh, at the end of the mule deer hunt, we stayed at your house, and your dad showed us this video. And you guys must have been, I don't know, like 15 years old or something. How old were you guys when you first started filming hunting hunting videos and hunting Mm -hmm. hunting?
2: Probably around there. I mean... Tom, what would you say? Yeah. I mean, I guess what you like consider like actual hunting content. Mm. I mean, we had the camera out, um, like at age 10, just like in some pines in our neighborhood, like filming it, um, just for fun. Like nobody saw it at all. Um, but we actually like started like bringing the iPhone out on Turkey hunts. Um, yeah, probably like that 14, 15 age range.
1: Dang. And what, when you, when, I mean, when I was 14, 15, I definitely was not thinking about like making videos and cool stuff like that. Like what sparked that?
2: Mm, I don't know. I think like growing up, our family, like our parents, they did a lot of home videos and like family videos, just like if it was a holiday or whatnot, they just throw the camera out. So I think naturally it was just like a thing we were used to. And so once we got into the whole hunting thing, it was like, we should just film some of this. And I mean, it started on our iPhone. I remember calling in a big, uh, two big turkeys for my younger brother. I mean, and we were really young and I just filmed it on my iPhone and it came up like really close. And my younger brother shot one and it was just like watching that back afterwards is like so awesome. And so that is like really what sparked like, oh man, I want to, I want to be able to watch the hunts after I hunt kind of thing. But. that that along with those primos videos like we'd go to like our shields and buy like every single 3 hour um like dvd they had left like mm-hmm. a primos uh truth about hunting or something we'd watch we just sit down and watch the whole thing like for 3 hours on a sunday and i guess that also kind of boosted this film your hunt but i was i was on the receiving end of that first like turkey hunt that they filmed and i was like this is awesome like i get to watch what just happened um, and I think that was kind of like a light bulb, like we need to do this more often. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And then somewhere along the way, identical draw was born. W- was that born through that project that you pitched at, uh, was it business school? That was like super
2: controversial and they're like, what hunting? Yeah. So, I mean, we had it, we kind of developed it more during that time, but this, the early stages were like a little bit before that. Um, like we had basically what we'd call like a, trash season beforehand just like filming a little bit but that yeah that that semester in college and business was basically when it really sparked up and yeah like like you said Josh we we got um lucky and won this business like business pitch contest like basically a shark tank and they sent us to Estonia for two weeks and South Carolina for a week just to work with entrepreneurs and man, it was, it was great, but it was tough. Nobody hunts over in Estonia. Like if you hunt, they basically think you're a trophy hunter. I mean, we had one lady that wouldn't even say the word hunting. Like it was so offensive. And I mean, but it like, it helped us out because like right at the beginning of our business, we just had to get thick skin and be able to respond to things like that. But yeah, that's, 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 that spring semester is definitely when it got solidified. Yeah. Even our, uh, the, uh, other American, like South Carolina kids, um, uh, a couple other schools, um, even when they joined and like learned about identical draw, like even they like didn't know anything about hunting. It was kind of weird. We kind of like got a weird group that like, I remember trying like explaining pheasant hunting to one of the uh, ladies and she just like never heard of pheasant hunting, which blew my mind. But yeah.
1: Yeah. And, uh, so Maybe for some context for some of our listeners, uh, I know it sounds like you guys been hunting for a long time. What do you guys typically hunt year like every year? What What do you guys go for? It sounds like you guys do it all, really. But
2: go ahead, Tom. Yeah. Um. So right now, like we do a lot of a lot of like different big game during the fall. Um. Our main focus is whitetail. Um. We have a little property in Kansas that is kind of our main focus. Um, We also uh, do some hunting in Nebraska and some different public land for whitetail, but um, like we did with you, Josh, we do mule deer, we do some elk, um, we do some antelope and then our spring is just full of um, turkey hunting. We also do a little bit of upland game like pheasant um, during the uh, winter months as well. So that's kind of what we do.
1: Gotcha. And then uh, could you highlight for our listeners who don't know, what did you guys what was this crazy challenge you guys took on this last fall?
2: Yeah, so we were, uh, Thomas and I, we were sitting around his kitchen table this last spring. We were like, what are we going to do that is going to help the hunting industry, help hunting as a whole, and help our business? And uh, we came up with this whole new hunter project um, basically because we were just upset with the outdoor industry and how, like, just the, what the trajectory looked like it doesn't look good. Like the hunting industry is like few and fewer people, people are getting out hunting. And like this year is different. I mean, a ton of people got out hunting, a ton of people got outdoors, a bunch of people went fishing, but like it's the hunting industry has been on a decline for a long time. And everybody's just kind of like waiting for somebody to do something about it. And so we just, we wanted to be those people that actually like were some leaders in this space and take us forward. And that's basically where this whole new hunter project came about. We wanted to um, meet a bunch of awesome people that want to learn to hunt, that are excited to hunt and get them out in the field and just, just do it. Just devote our fall to it.
1: Yeah. And how many hunters ended up going with you and and on how many different hunts
2: we had, um, 17 where it was the initial number, but I think we ended up doing 11. Um, yeah. And so we did two uh, well, we did an antelope hunt with two new hunters, and then we did, you guys, the mule deer hunt um, with two, and then Nebraska, whitetail hunts, that was the rest of it, right, Tom? Um, no, we did oh, elk hunt. Yep, we yep. got the elk hunt. Yep, and then two, we went took two hunters elk hunting, so, yeah, kind of all over. We we yeah. had a couple people just drop out just due to COVID, and, like, some were unemployed. Kind of like, Josh, like, you, you were switching jobs, and um, we, like, we actually had you on a different hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, but you emailed me and reached out, which is awesome. Um, but we had a couple that just couldn't make it. So, um, yeah, our number dropped by a couple hunters, but in the end, I think we were really like happy with, um, the 11. Um, it just, it seemed like the perfect number. I think taking more on would have been, uh, extra difficult, but yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And that's a lot of time to take on 11 new hunters. And I don't think I've gotten to speak to you guys in depth to kind of reflect back on how the whole thing went. We talked a little bit about mule deer on your podcast but after like looking back at the fall what was most surprising to you guys about this project that you didn't expect
2: mm. yeah i'll start and tom you can round out anything ever mm-hmm. leave out but like my favorite honestly my favorite part about it was like everybody that we took out like we really enjoyed, <laughs> like that. That honestly, like take away the hunting part. Like I was expecting there to be like a couple bad eggs in the like all the people we took out, but everybody was great. Like we're friends with everybody we took out hunting, and so that was an amazing thing. But also, like I think it was amazing to see how much we learned from people and like what, um, like like people getting into the hunting thing see differently than what Thomas and I see like basically being born into it with a family that hunts. Um, but also just like how, uh, one of the surprising things was how fired up people were to go back home and do it. Like Josh, I mean, you went on a, a month long hunt right afterwards. <laughs> and like we, you weren't the only one we had, I mean, a lot of people take out their kids, um, friends, significant others. And I mean, a lot of people went back and either harvested, their first animal or their second animal, depending on if they got someone with us. And like, just the fact that people went back and were super fired up and have stayed in touch, like showing us all this stuff was just great. Yeah. 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 Um, Go ahead, Josh.
1: I was going to say, yeah, 11 new hunters were definitely born and like cemented into the industry. And it Mm -hmm. certainly helps the new hunter recruitment problem. Um, Yeah.
0: And I've been, I've been waiting very patiently to ask this question, but, but what, what did you see in Josh that made you guys choose him? I'm, I've been meaning to get him. Got to get him right here. So,
2: oh, that's easy. He's Asian.
1: Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, actually, actually,
2: actually, I'll say. Oh, was gonna say um, that. Oh, I did a lot of um, a lot of like the initial like um, scoping out all the entries because they were all coming to my email, and Josh is like popped up. Um, and I just like loved it. He was very, uh, comfortable, like videoing himself on the camera and like, I could tell like he was easy to talk to. And that was like one of the credentials that maybe me and they didn't like share. Um, but we were like, we wanted to find like people that we knew, like if we weren't hunting, we'd still like have a fun time just hanging out. Um, and that was like really apparent with Josh. Um, he talked well. Um, and just like, I love like you being from California, Josh, that was like, uh, a reach that I like was really interested by and um just from like the stereotype of California and, and hunting over there. Um that really um interests me. I don't know about you, Nate. And as yeah, as far as like the hunt which you ended up going on is you're I mean, you're a great archer. And like like mule deer in the sand hills, you have to be like to have a chance. And so that's another thing that really like like cemented us taking you out. So yeah, yeah that's, that's awesome. It.
0: Mm-hmm. Well it's such a cool you, I think part of the what you guys said about like learning from taking someone out has blew me away too with this process with josh um i mean it's mentorship i feel like it was such an original part of hunting it always has been but like josh and i both didn't really grow up in a hunting household and it's been pretty amazing to find you know random guys that, that have helped do that did you know what uh like for people that are thinking about doing somewhat of the same thing obviously not filming it or putting it up there like what experiences like how did you learn about mentorship and how easy or hard that is like a hunter that's
2: a good question tom do you have thoughts on that um i think like we really learned a lot from our dad um he Hmm. never hesitated to like put in the time for us every weekend um to ask his friends if we could go on their land we had so many opportunities as a kid, and we still have a lot because of him. Um, and I think that kind of fueled the fire. Um, just that feeling, I think overall, like this fall, what really like, amped me and Nate up, like leading like going into this idea last spring and this summer, um, we had to like keep motivation because unlike everybody else in that hunting industry, we were given a lot of our time to taking new hunters out that we'd never met. Mm-hmm. Um and I think like our love of those couple of trips that we took when we were young, that our dad put so much effort into, like really just still hit home, um, and gave us motivation, like going into these back to back, um, new hunter weekends, like whitetail hunting or whatever, when we might've been tired, not seen, I think we tracked like 60 days, we were gone from family this fall, wow. um, which was tough, but like we were just excited every time because we knew like the impact it had on us. I think that just went like, was a natural progression for this whole new hunter thing. And we like the hunting industry needs great mentors it like in our early days and we like started to really love hunting like we were successful very very little but we had fun and -hmm. so the biggest thing we just tried to do was have fun because like a lot of these hunts we knew that we probably weren't like if we got success like that was great. I mean, amazing. But like a lot of them as hunters, we, we go home empty handed. So you have to have fun. You have to create like good relationships with these people and you have to, you have to create a love, like besides the success, mm-hmm. like being outdoors. And that's something that we just try to portray as much as possible.
0: Yeah. So, cool. yeah, I guess, I'll keep going go ahead back Baxter. I was just saying that's so cool. I feel like that came across so strong in the, uh, the video, you know, when I watched that, that you guys are just having a blast, even, you know, yeah. showing the true side of hunting, right. That it's not just like gripping grand with something. It's you're out there loving every moment of it. You know, it's the, the pursuit, right. You're enjoying the, the active hunting versus the outcome, right. It's pretty
2: cool. Definitely. Yep. Yeah. And kind of like piggybacking off of like Josh questions that Nate, um, answered like what surprised him. I just say, um, like it's kind of what Nate was saying is just the whole retention thing. And I think that goes along with having a good weekend. Um, mm-hmm. I think like the hunting industry is like freaking out about retention, like it's not happening, but like Nate kind of pointed out every single one of our hunters went out after, um, I think because firstly they had like motivation before meeting us to go out, but also just cause they associated their first couple hunts, like with like having a great time, maybe mm-hmm. not having success. Um, and I think that kind of played a huge role re- with retention, like kind of a saying that kind of came, like kept getting in my head all all was like, I wish all people like anybody who's taken out new hunters, they're sacrificing their time, but how many are like investing their time in the weekend? And I mm-hmm. think, um, I wish like more like mentors would really like focus on, um, just creating like an awesome weekend and a lot do, but I know there are some out there that are just trying to, um, increase the numbers, but then it doesn't really help at the end with retention. So I think that was just kind of another point I wanted to bring up just on the retention side of things. I think just having a good weekend is, is point A that we need to be covering. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Really cool. Maybe we turn it a bit on Josh, like you, Josh, from your perspective, like what were your biggest things you learned during that hunt? I mean, that's really your first big archery hunt. Like what were the, the big lessons for you?
1: Oh man. I learned so many things. Uh, I learned that Nebraska is pretty dope. (laughs) It was cooler than I expected it to be. (laughs) Uh, runza was delicious. We ate like this fast food (laughs) there that they only have in like Nebraska or something. We had it like every day. But, uh, in terms of hunting, I learned, I think that there's like a, how do you say There's a different skill set for closing the distance. Like I always heard the term closing the distance and I was like, Oh, okay. You just like, get from 100 down to like 20 or down to 50 yards and get to 40 or whatever shot uh distance safe distances and then take the shot but no like moving from when we first spot them even if it's a mile away getting from a mile to 400 yards is like one set of skills like topo- reading topography and like knowing where you think they're gonna go and where they are or, or where they bedded down so that like Uh, sense of direction skill I think is really important there and then going from 400 to 100 is a whole different set of skills too. You're crawling a lot more, you're moving slower, you're staying out of sight. The wind I think starts to matter a lot more as you get closer and then closing the distance from 100 down to your shooting range of you know 40 or 50 or 60, whatever that might be. Then sound starts to matter a lot more along with the wind and the sight already. And then once you get to the distance of 40 or so, just drawing the bow back when you're that close is a whole nother set of skills that I haven't even gotten to do yet uh, because I messed up at that point and I was a little too far and I was kind of scared, but, um, <laughs> but um, yeah. So I, I think for me, it was like, I, I hunted in with Tom and every day we would go out, we would, we would scout for them and then we'd try to close the distance. We got, we got to uh, I think it was 55 yards at one point to one, hundred yards mm. to another one. And then we did a second stock on one of those to get to like 60 and each time just getting to watch Tom and like stay close to him, uh, and experience it firsthand was where I got to learn like those different sets of skills. Um, yeah, long answer, but,
2: uh, yeah, so much, yeah. a
0: lot, a lot there. What are, uh, you know, Tom and Nate, what are some of your favorite memories from the, the week he was out there?
2: Mm. Um, I so I hunted with Dylan, who was the other hunter. Um and I mean Dylan (laughs) he he missed two like big sandhill bucks. And um it was incredible to watch a new hunter who had never seen a buck like even close to that caliber, like go through the emotions of having it kind of slip through his fingers. Like The first one, um, we got to, like, I think 55 or so, 55 to 58. Um, But the mistake there was, like, he got – he saw us. He saw us either either the camera or he saw Dylan's bow. Um, And as soon as that was up, I mean, he dodged the arrow. He totally dodged the arrow. I think Dylan honestly made a pretty decent shot, but he dodged the arrow so hard and uh, missed and then the second one was a big muley, and like Josh, kind of what you were just talking about with how getting like getting close. We, I mean, we stopped this thing probably, probably two miles. I mean, you guys were on the hill when we spotted them. Do you think that that deer is probably two miles away? Oh yeah, it was yeah, a mile yeah. and a half plus. Yeah. I mean, you're like even in the spotter, like it's a speck. <laughs> and uh, yeah. but we were like, that's a big buck. So we, I mean, like that first mile, we basically just haul butt. And just like use those hills to our advantage to close. And then like 800 yards, 600 yards, there's a spot at like 400 yards. when we were like, we knew we were getting in his vicinity, but we were like, not entirely sure. I remember him. I remember just telling him like every, every little hill, every little new face that opens up classic, like we need to go slow. You just have to be methodical. If you want to kill a muley in that kind of ground, like the biggest mistake I see is just going too fast and, and like, thinking you know where they're at because usually they're not where you think they are it just the land looks totally different and uh long story short we got the first time i saw that deer like we were at 40 yards of them and i think my range was like 39 and uh i was like it's over like we just got this new hunter he's gonna shoot this giant velvet muley probably 150 160 inch deer minimum um total velvet just a beautiful buck on this public land and um dylan just got total bug fever he's like after the shot he's like i I, like i black out like when i draw i could just black out (laughs) and that like that right there like it sucks so bad to have something slip through your fingers like that that's the closest i've ever been to a like a muley buck on a stock like that um and to have it slip through the fingers it hurts so bad but like it does so many good things for you as a hunter because like And Josh, you probably feel in some way for like this next hunting season, like there's so many more like different things you think about going at it this next time. And there's so much more motivation to go and like do things better. And I think that like was really interesting to watch. Like it sucked for him, but it was really interesting, like for me to watch his struggle and how he was like dealing with it as a newbie.
1: Yeah. Especially because the first miss, we looked at the footage and the arrow looked like it was going in, you know, right in the right path. And then that Mm -hmm. buck just totally ducked it so dylan didn't seem super frustrated he was like okay like mm-hmm. it was a good shot like mm-hmm. but then man that second one <laughs> yeah.
2: i mean it, the, buck, the buck was like quartering away which is basically money for this shot um like 40 yards, i think 39 40 yards which is basically as close as you can get as one of these smart muleys i mean it was a huge deer he was looking away so he drew and that deer had no idea we were there and like, I remember just filming that moment and being like, he's drawn back. That deer has no idea we we're there it is in a bag. And like Dylan, he's a good shot. Like he was like at camp, he was hitting that target 50, 60, 40, no problem. But that's hunting. Like you're shooting a wild animal and sometimes you just zone out. Um, but yeah, it was, it was an amazing scenario nonetheless
1: yeah it was just it was it was crazy like the three of us got to kind of ride that emotional journey with him back at camp and then we had one more day to make it happen and you could just you could just see it in his eyes how bad he wanted it and i remember i think i don't don't remember who said it but one of you said the best thing for hunter recruitment
0: is missing a a buck your first time (laughs) so true so true man i missed i missed my first buck with a gun and i distinctly remember like you're super upset that first day you go home from the weekend or whatever it is. And I remember like Monday or Tuesday that week, I was like, I'm buying a gun. I'm signing it in myself. <laughs> I'm like reloading my, ammo." you know, you're just like, I gotta go
2: get that thing. Mm-hmm. Like It just mm-hmm. gets you
0: <laughs> so fired mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Josh, I could relate, I
2: can, yeah. Tom, go ahead. I could relate to Dylan. Cause my, like I was kind of in his shoes like four years earlier, I was, was like chasing my first big muley buck and I had it slip through my fingers too. Um, he like, he was just so like heartbroken. Um, and like, Josh, you, like, we were kind of laughing, but, like that is what hooks you. And that's what hooks me every time I go out there. Um, that buck that I was chasing, um, out in the sand hills many years before is like has never left my mind just cause like just big buck right there. And it just slips out of your hands. It, it, it definitely makes you a better hunter. Mm -hmm. yeah and josh what i was going to say is i think the thing that i noticed about you the weekend that i think is going to make you a great long-term hunter is just your positivity with it all and like staying at it like you Mm -hmm. always had the excitement to get out and you're always like ready to roll and being like 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 Giannis from meat eater i don't know if you guys know him but he's like like he always has this vibe of like being super positive on his hunts and like people always give him crap that he just like manifest these like <laughs> these deer out of nowhere and stuff but like i think a positivity on hunts like just keeping you in the game makes great hunters and i, I saw you that and like for you being pretty like dang new that's a great great thing to have
1: thank you so true. And, and uh earlier you mentioned one of the common mistakes that new hunters make is uh like thinking that they know where they're at or going too quick i think Mm -hmm. we have a lot of new hunters listening to this uh in our audience um trying to get better and trying to learn what do you think are the most common one two three big mistakes that new hunters make
2: like on this hunt specifically or what would you say
1: uh let's let's do for western big game bow hunting
2: Mm, okay hmm i'll jut in um just like general preparedness, um, like gear. Um, I think you, you guys are really like well prepared cause you had done, um, like hiking and stuff like that in the past, um, which I was like relieved to hear mm-hmm. another reason that we picked you two. Um, and just like general fitness, I think is like huge. Like when you're, um, like you kind of said, Josh, like going from like the mile to 400 yards and, and even closer, like your body's working so hard. And if the moment happens like quickly, you need to be able to like steady up and make a clean shot. If you're going to be like any good at this hunting thing. Um, I think that's a huge piece. Um, just like being physically fit and kind of ready for um, the different things that the hunt's going to bring you heart rate wise, even Nate, what would you say? Totally. Like as far as like, in, like Thomas, the, the Idaho publicly mule deer we've done total physical fitness. Um, you're climbing mountains, same with the elk hunt, the elk hunt, like, you're in the game if you're, if you're fit and can like move and get up these mountains and stuff. Um, I was going to say like knowing your weapon, whether that's a gun or a bow super well, like having that tuned down and being super comfortable with it is I think giant. And then the last thing, which I think is probably the biggest is just your mental game. Like staying in the game and staying present is huge. Like our best elk hunting morning with uh our brother-in-law who's a new hunter tommy bardsley he like we we went after this big bull like big public land bull easily 300 inches um, and we busted him like it didn't work out he got spooked he was big like he was close like he was within 100 yards probably he busted him thompson and i were just pissed. like i mean we had hunted at this point like eight days straight nine days straight just busting our ass every day and um, we were just up there frustrated like sort of kind of arguing but Tommy's our brother-in-law so he could just like kind of give it back to us a little bit and he's like guys let's just go back and let's just let's do this and and sure enough on the way back a young bull like comes right into us and like we almost killed him and that was like a this new hunter like reminded us to just stay present and and stay in the game and like just get back to what we're doing and we almost killed an elk right there almost killed a bull and then with me and Dylan on the mule deer hunt, like we had three, three guys on the public bust the buck we were going after. Um, but I was telling them, let's just say in the game, you never know when you pop over a hill, when like you could come upon, upon another group. And sure enough, on the walk back to the truck, we get into another group of four bucks with a few shooters in there and we're able to stock those for a little while. So I think it's just, I think it's physical activity, knowing your weapon, bow or gun, and then just being mentally prepared, staying positive and like thinking that there's something over the next hill in the next valley whatever yeah that's good.
1: especially in those hand sand hills like one hill over and everything can change
2: oh yeah it's amazing to me in those sand hills josh like stepping up one foot or two feet can like change your complete like i like how much you can see like really when you're doing those stocks i mean even just inches can like like put you in or out of the game it's it's nuts
1: yeah, for people who who don't aren't familiar with the sand hills, it's basically like how how would you describe it? Uh, what what are the sand hills like?
2: I mean, just like open, grassy, sandy, like plains, basically. I mean, mm-hmm. like just rolling, rolling, just like hills. rolling hills, though. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's just like ripples and ripples of hills. Yeah. If you look at it on a map, it looks just, <laughs> it's like impossible to pin any kind of features because it just looks like ocean waves. Like, yep, every it's
2: magic. like that's what I was gonna say. It's like an ocean. It's like a sandy, grassy ocean.
1: Yeah, so it's super tough to hunt in. Um I'd like to transition the conversation a little bit just to the theme of mentorship and mentees. Um I know it's like I think when I first got into hunting like elk hunting and big game hunting was probably a 5 year goal for me when I when I first even had the idea that like okay, I think I want to get into hunting. And because of Baxter and and uh our other mutual friend um, and you guys who were able to mentor me, I got to do it in, I think, two years. So it was way faster than I expected. But I I feel like for me, mentorship was luck. I mean, one, finding Nate and Tom, I think that's pure luck, right? Just applying to something and, and getting it. And Baxter, I mean, that was luck too. I, I was moving departments to a new to marketing and we found out I was going to get a new boss. And then I find out my new boss is a bow hunter. Like what the hell? That's just Mm -hmm. crazy. Lucky. Uh, Mm -hmm. what tips would you guys give, uh, for like helping people find mentors or on mentorship in general, or like being a good mentee? Mm. Tom, you start
2: trying to think. Or maybe
1: maybe an easier question is like, what makes someone want? Like, what makes you guys want to mentor someone? Like, what would make mm-hmm. a good mentee?
2: Well, I'll use you as an example, Josh. Like, you are an amazing men- mentee. Like, you asked so many questions. Um, <laughs> I would I, I would ballpark like a hundred questions. Um, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I, so I never
2: got tired. Like, at some points, I was like, how How should I answer this? Like, do I have an answer for this? Um, but um, that, I mean, I love seeing that, like that you were just like motivated to learn on your own. Like you had like the, ma- your motivation, like made it seem like you were just going to like go out and like, you're going to be completely confident and go do this on your own after which you did quite a bit of after. Um, uh, another thing that I was going to point out is just like you, Josh, you had the patience of like a veteran hunter. Mm. Um, we'll probably get into like your close opportunities, but, um, you, you were able to like say no when a lot of veteran hunters like would have been like, eh, I'm just going to like pull this one off. Um, which I think was, I mean, it's a really mature move that like doesn't, um, it's not always seen from new hunters, which, um, it's not like basically their fault at all, but, um, that's something that's going to help you in the end, like kill more animals and, um, uh, be more ethical, I think. So, um, yeah. Nate, do you have to come up with something? Yeah. Um, as far as like finding a hunter to like take you out, like I think it's really on like us as hunters to reach out. Um, even with the like social media, like who knows who's following you, um, putting it up on your page, being like, Hey, like I, I love to hunt. I love to take people out to learn. Um, if you're interested at all, like just like message me, like things like that, the simple ask, um, because as somebody trying to get into hunting, like, that's the, that's one of the biggest things we, we found out like this year with all these new hunter emails, like finding people is so difficult Like I'm scared to ask, like, and it's intimidating. Like, let me, like, Hey, stranger, let me go out into the woods with you like someday to like, like learn how to hunt. Like, no, that's, that's, that's a hard ask. Like, and a lot of people have their hunting spots, you know? And so I would say it's like really on the hunter's side to be, doing the reaching out but like tom said like if you want to get into hunting like stay curious follow those hunting like networks and like those social medias and stuff because i think those like i think that's a really good way to learn but also find people through that system um let me think what else
1: i think what you you said about posting on social media inviting new yeah. hunters uh, is a is is great. I, I would guess a lot of people would be intimidated and probably not as brave and selfless as you guys are. I feel like you guys are, uh, um, the exception, not the norm, but maybe a suggestion for hunters out there and, and maybe this is me putting it out there just to hold myself accountable is even something like posting on an Instagram or Instagram story, or whatever social media you use, like, Hey, hunting season's coming up. I love hunting for anyone who's interested in hunting and is having a hard time getting into it. Feel free to hit me up for questions. Mm-hmm. And at yep. least, you, you, I mean, we're not asking everybody to like do what Nate and Tom did and bring new hunters with you and sacrifice an entire season, but at least you open up the, that door of communication and like helping yeah. to answer questions. And actually I mean, that's how like, it started yeah. with Baxter is, you know, mm-hmm. side conversations at work. and
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, for me too, I think, I think one of the cool things about you, Josh, is that you go out and you just do something. I know <laughs> that sounds pretty funny, but it's like, just go. I think one of my favorite things about hunting, you guys hit on it earlier um, in different words is just that there, you can't learn from a book, right? Like you can't, no matter how much you study or think or read or do like going out, there's just so many intangible skills that you're just never going to be able to pick up. And you can literally spend a lifetime and still not master certain skills, right? It's kind of, it's kind of fun to do that. So I think that when you, when you just go out and you uh, start doing stuff, whether it's going to shoot archery at the range, um, whether it's just showing up at a hunting store, whether it's, you know, posting on a forum, whether it's, you know, social media stuff, whether it's applying for one of these deals. Like, I think you just start to get that exposure to folks, and yeah. I mean, I remember one of my mentees was a guy that I just met at the deer camp when we were hunting, and he'd mentioned, "Oh, if you ever get into bow hunting, let me know." And it's just that one sentence kind of changed my <laughs> trajectory because made me think about it, you know. And then I went and looked. It's like, oh, that's that's what I want to do. Yeah. Um. So I think that's a you know that's a really good a good thing you've done, Josh. And I think you, you know, you've ended up, it's no surprise to me. Like you guys will laugh but when he was in uh, Elk camp this year, he ended up hunting with four or five guys that have been hunting there 20 years.
2: <laughs> like, <laughs> yep.
0: like they won't even give me the time of day. Like they won't even talk to me. You know, they're just yeah. that kind of guy, but of course yeah. they like take Josh to their secret spots. So yeah, um, I think it's, crazy. I think that like attitude of just go out and talk to somebody too is you just start doing stuff is mm-hmm. for mentees. That's dynamite. Mm-hmm. And being Asian helps.
2: yeah it's like whoa whoa what's that (laughs) I think um as far as like a mentor like I really think about like my hunter ed instructor he was terrifying like if I was a new hunter and I went to my hunter ed course like he would have made me not want to hunt really like he he was terrifying like he screamed at people with gun control and gun safety and stuff yeah and I remember being like how how did like thank God that I had like family and I loved hunting before I like, I went there cause I joined hunts on my, with my dad and stuff. But like, I was like, wow. And I still think about that today. How many like crappy hunter ed instructors are out there? Like, <laughs> like really? I mean, cause if I would have like been new and gone to that, I would have been terrified. And then also yeah. what I thought about this whole fall was what did I love about my first hunts? I need to take those things and I need to give them to these new hunters instead of just like taking them on a hunt and being all strict. Like, man, I think about it, like, whenever I, like, whenever I take, um, like my, my wife out, the hunt needs to be so basic. I can't tell her to be quiet. Like, I can't like, like, it can't be freezing cold. Like I need to make it somewhat enjoyable. And like, that's what I was think, honestly thinking about, like some of these things when I was taking these new hunters out, because it just needs to be an enjoyable experience, whether you get into the animals or not. And that's, that's kind of what my, um, thought process was through uh, throughout this fall and i also think like as like like a mentee wanting to learn um like when thomas and i go to a new hunting spot like i'm calling up like the uh fishing game or whatever in that state and like getting info you know and as like a new hunter like like do that call them like learn those things learn about the area like just just like dive into as much knowledge as possible and just curious yeah. yeah, we killed, um, really quick. We killed our, like first, like my first mule deer was just because like this, we went to the fishing game in Idaho and they're like, yeah, I, uh, I ride my horses in, uh, this unit and I see big mule deer all the time. And we mean, like perfect and we killed a buck like two days later. So yeah, definitely reach out to those organizations.
1: Yeah. And, uh, one thing I wanted to comment on is I, I think. Part of the themes of what you, uh, Nate and Tom have been discussing here is I, I think there's a thread of like this philosophy of how to approach uh, non hunters and new hunters trying to come into the industry. I think from just one look at your Instagram page and you can see that you guys are a different kind of hunting media company. Like, where does that, what is that philosophy? What's going on behind the scenes of like the content you're putting out there that's so approachable for the next generation?
2: Yeah, I mean, Josh, I think we talked about it, like, and not to get, like, into companies and stuff, but, like, if you look at certain hunting camel pages, you'll see major differences. Like, we were talking about, like, you with, like, you like to wear Kuyu, and, like, we were, like, big first light guys, and, like, if you look at their Instagrams, like, they're pretty different, and one thing that I was really interested about um, with a lot of new hunters is I'd ask them about, like, like, trophy shots, like, what do you think about somebody sitting behind an animal? And what do you think about these things? And like, like 80% of the hunters this, like this fall, if not more like ma- far majority were like, I just don't get why you guys have to sit behind this animal and hold them this way and like take these pictures. And like, I just don't get that. And like, the hunt- hunting industry lives with gripping and grins and trophy shots. <laughs> and like, like really this fall opened my eyes. Is like, wow, like, like we need to do this differently. But also I want somebody, I want an anti-hunter like like new hunter anti-hunter whoever i want them to be able to come to the identical draw page and not be disgusted in the first five seconds like i understand like we're gonna have animals on there because that's what we do but like i want every time we have an animal on there that we've killed to be respectful and so that like they can at least see that because anybody who sees a picture of a dead animal is either going to be like they're going to have a gut like reaction right away and i want those things to be like good and positive yeah um and i'll piggyback off of this Um, just to be respectful in general. Uh, I think a lot of hunters just get a bad rap at being like just um, redneck, shoot everything, gun toting, um, crazy Americans, uh, which like is changing. I think it maybe used to be a little bit more that way. Um, but like, we're just respectful on our social media, even if it's people we don't agree with. Um, like for example, like just today I posted on our story um, about like the, the Senate bill about the bears in California, um, and I was just like, let's be respectful about it, but let's just like let our voices be heard um, that we we kind of oppose this bill. Um, I think that, like, I, as a new uh, as a non hunter or new hunter, like looking at um, my my thoughts on our story, I'd hope they think like, oh, like he's not going onto this dude's page and just like raining at him, um, telling him I'm gonna like send him death threats or anything. That's not what's happening. Like we just like we want to use science instead of emotional in situations like these. And I think I'm hoping that like a, a non hunter would see our viewpoint with, um, situations like that. So yeah. Mm-hmm. And just, just a clean page. There's so much, so much blood and it. it's not like it's bad. Um, it, and like the whole trophy hunting thing, I'm not against trophy hunting picks. I still take them because mm-hmm. us hunters, like we understand it's, it's about like honoring this animal. Um, I want to be able to like, look at that photo and, um show my wife, my kids, my friends, like how proud I was in that moment and just like what an awesome animal it is. And it's the same reason we hang animals on the wall. Um, in my opinion, it's just like every time I look at the Kansas 80 buck that's hanging uh in my living room, I like get a sense of that hunt and how much like that animal meant to me. Um and whenever I eat it. So um it just they new new hunters or non hunters don't always understand that whole brain um uh work of how how we think so we we tried to explain that i guess this fall a little bit and um just understand that i'm talking to like everybody else on social media just um not everybody's understanding it the way that we are as hunters so yeah yeah
1: yeah totally i i think there's like three groups of people, right? There's hunters, there's non-hunters, and then there's anti-hunters. And the biggest group is probably the non-hunters. But the the way that hunting media portrays hunting has a huge effect on whether those non-hunters will one day become anti-hunters, whether they'll mm-hmm. become hunters, or maybe they'll just stay non-hunters and that's okay too. Mm-hmm. But uh, we don't want more anti-hunters, that's for sure.
2: Yeah. And I don't want to force anybody to hunt. If it's not your thing, it's not your thing. I think like, that's one thing the industry just tries to like, I think sometimes they shove it down like people's throats of like, this is what you need to do, but it's not like you don't, if you don't want to kill your own, like your own food, then don't do it. Like that's fine. Um, But if you, if you have interest, like I want, I want there to be a good way. And I want you to like see a positive side of the hunting industry. And I think a lot of it is honestly like hunters on hunters, like being jerks to each other. Like, I think that's what a lot of probably new hunters see too. Um, But also, I mean, there's, there's tons and tons and tons of, of companies out there, especially on social media nowadays that even like me as a hunter, who's been in it for a long time, I can go to their social media page, whether it's a broadhead company or whatever, and be grossed out. Like, I don't want to see this. I don't, I don't need to see this. And I'm like, I don't, I just, <laughs> I, I don't know why people still think and companies don't think that's a good idea when it's just the content is questionable. Yeah. I would just love to see like the hunting industry get to like a point where, um, if we just had like a whole room of like fence sitters, like the non hunting category, not against it, not, mm-hmm. not exactly sure if they're for it. If we could just like have a social media platform. Um, in the hunting industry where like, they're just not grossed out by the picks. I think that would do us so much good. Um, just as like the hunting culture mm-hmm. is concerned.
1: hundred percent. Yeah. And so after this fall, you guys took out 11 new hunters, myself included had great experiences. Uh, what's next for an ident- identical draw.
2: Um, more new hunter hunts this spring. Um, we're taking out, uh, two new hunters, on one hunt and then we're actually taking out some youth hunters as well, still figuring out the details with the youth hunters, but we're taking out um, a guy from Wisconsin and a lady from California. So they're going to try to kill their first spring turkeys. We're going to be either we're trying to figure out the states we're for sure going to do some Nebraska hunts. We're, and then we're split. We're thinking we're going to go to the black Hills in South Dakota and kill gobblers out there too. So. But that's that's basically what we're gonna do this spring, and then in the fall, more of this. But we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna try to try to figure out some awesome hunts with people. So,
1: yeah, and I yeah, know we're the, still
2: doing. Go ahead. go ahead, Josh. We're still doing our Can uh, AD Land series. That takes a lot of our off-season time. We do a lot of management stuff. If anybody who's listening is like, loves to learn about land management and deer management and what it, the whole private land thing. Um, we do tons of public, but we also have this little private piece that we love. So that's, we're going to be doing a lot of that management and probably kill a turkey out there and go into the fall of that. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. You guys put a lot of great YouTube content out there. I think the land management, the Kansas AD, that stuff's really cool for like the Eastern guys and, or, or really anyone who, who's into that. Then you have all the, the big game Western hunts and then you have the new hunter videos and, uh, if you guys want to check out my video, it's on there as well, but, um, it's yeah. <laughs> the YouTube channel is, is it identical draw on YouTube? Yep. Okay, cool. And you guys have a podcast as well.
2: Yeah. Just identical draw podcast. Um, we're basically on all the platforms that I don't think. Yeah. Basically everywhere you can find podcasts. So yeah. yeah so Instagram, podcast? Facebook and all that good stuff.
1: Yeah. Which one would you say is like the, where, where you would point people to most,
2: uh, For for just like what social media platform josh or what yeah um i'd say just like check out our youtube and instagram um youtube can say land series and our new hunter hunts are our big things on there um our can sadie like biggest hunt this uh, fall we took out spencer Newharth from meat eater um he shot our um, then number one buck but our, like our number two buck going into the season um so that's a that's a pretty cool hunt uh yeah check that out on our Instagram. So, and Hey, if you're new hunter <laughs> and you listen to this podcast, if you have any questions at any time, message us, we'd be happy to talk.
1: Boom. Yep. There we go. Uh, and then I don't want, I mean, I guess I'm accidentally putting you guys on the spot, but, um, yeah, sure. this fall, if you guys are doing new hunters stuff again, is there, where should they go apply? Um, are you guys doing first? Of all, yeah, are you, <laughs>
2: well, yeah, we are, we are doing, we're going to, we're going to do hunts this fall. Um, we will, have, we will have a tab on our website um, for everybody to go apply to right now. We had one up for these spring turkey hunts, but we'll probably close it for the next like few months, and we'll be announcing probably plans with this next fall. I would think like May time, mm-hmm. um, and we'll do a big promotion, yeah. and we work with amazing companies. I mean, we work with First Light, Vortex, and Onyx. Those, those are the three companies that really push um, this new hunter project like more than anything. So if you follow those social medias as well, you'll, you'll see us on there announcing this whole project and uh, yeah, we're going to do another great year of it. So
1: cool. Sounds yeah. good. When the applications open up, maybe we'll have you on here for a round two and we'll, we'll get the word out there and hopefully get more applicants as well. Um,
2: Definitely. Um, hey Josh, um, Josh and Baxter, what do you guys have? You guys going to be out uh, this spring at all? Or what's, what are you guys' plans?
0: Yeah. Well, Josh, you are you first?
1: This spring, uh, I'm going to Indiana going turkey hunting with, uh, actually two guys I met in elk camp, uh, this last year who invited me out. Um, yeah, two, like they were like ex fishing game guys, really cool guys. And, uh, so I'm going turkey hunting with them this spring and then elk in the fall. But besides that, I don't know, maybe I'll maybe i'll try to go back to Hills for Deer. i don't know yeah. we'll see yeah
2: i know dude i know dylan's like already got his flights booked he does uh, no no that's a joke but oh like, I, I wouldn't be I'm, surprised I'm pretty, I'm pretty positive that dude's gonna go try to find oh a yeah.
0: yeah oh yeah wow. he's hooked retribution that's yeah. amazing yeah i'll be doing i'll probably be doing a little turkey here uh in idaho now that i'm here um i mean i did it in california too but uh yeah, you know, it's super, it's great to be close to stuff now. It's amazing feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll definitely be doing that. We actually have a floating Hawaii trip. We, we've hunted access out there before, oh, which is man. just so cool. Um, we actually are going to put a podcast up on that stuff, but so hopefully, hopefully the COVID thing kind of resolves. We've got a you know new baby, so we don't want to push mm-hmm. the limits or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. we'll see. And then of course, you know, elk stuff this fall and you know, all that stuff. But I feel like it's kind of funny, like the the upland game i do a lot of chucker hunting and other stuff out here is kind of winding down jan 31st so i feel like my season's just kind of ending here i'm yeah. just like gonna sleep yeah. for a few weeks you know <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah so i got one more question for you guys like baxter you could start like what like when you think of your hunting game, it's like what do you die hard for is it elk
0: oh yeah yeah i would say i mean when it comes to, to hunting it would be Upland birds, like chucker okay. hunting in particular, because yeah. I feel like that's the big game hunting of bird hunting. It's super right. fun. Yeah, It's like yeah. giant mountains and cliffs and, right. yeah. um, and elk hunting, right? Those are the two. And mm-hmm. fly fishing are kind of the... And I would say, you know, it's maybe not controversial, but I'd say there's more similarities between fly fishing and bow hunting than anything else I know. Oh, like, it's just total sure. pursuit, you know, and I love... So anything like that, I'm a huge fan and mm-hmm. I'm crazy about it. I mean, for elk too, It's it just tastes so good that... Uh, <laughs> That's a winner. So yeah, absolutely love it. How about you, Josh? Oh, well, I haven't
1: hunted. Oh yeah, I guess I've done waterfowl now, turkey. I haven't gotten a turkey. Oh, let me see. Ah, It's hard to pick between the elk and the mule deer because the the mule deer, what's really fun about it is is there's a lot of you're like constantly pursuing something like you, you you spot them a lot and then you're mm-hmm. always like you're in the game a lot where elk mm-hmm. it's just like this roller coaster of like some days are nothing and other days are really good ah if i had to pick one i'd probably say elk because of the taste of the meat too mm-hmm. and how much of meat you can yeah that's as our... well. yeah
2: yeah you can't beat that
1: yeah how about you guys What what's your diehard
2: oh man we 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 were talking about this actually. And like, we, we started like our, our first like big animal we went after, like big, I say is like, was like spring turkeys. Like we were spring turkey hunting diehards. Um, but I think these last few years I've like, like basically the Kansas City property, I, I think I've transitioned into just being a whitetail nut. I mean, just the management of it, um, the shed hunting, the summer prep and scouting, it just like, it's just a full year. Um, of just like work for this animal that we pursue. And so I think the Kansas 80 having that own private property in Kansas kind of shifted me into being whitetail number one, but I mean, I'll take a Sandhills muley trip, a uh, bugling elk any day. So, <laughs> yeah, I'd say, um, me and Nate have kind of like proclaimed it out loud on our podcast, but 2021 for me and Nate is the year of the mule deer. We both want like mm-hmm. just old saggy bucks at the end of the day. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, white tails. White got the heart. But just recently, you know, it was spring turkey <clears> for so long, and when mm-hmm. the spring, I can't help but like get excited when the spring rolls around because everything. It just it's just simple. Like you don't have to worry about which where's the winds going. You just have to get up early, sit under a tree, make a decent call, and like just like run the hills all all day. So yeah but whitetail
1: mm-hmm. yep. so all of it basically yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. diehards for all of it <laughs> cool um any any last uh parting words like for for our audience listening like any last piece of advice parting words words of wisdom that you want to leave them with
2: i my parting words is just thank you guys for having me and thomas on but i think if this like if this industry wants to, if the hunting industry wants to continue and to boom, we need people like Josh because you are somebody that is new to the game, but you're on fire for it, and you're willing to help out. I think we need, like, especially these new hunters who are just have figured it out a little bit how to get into, like, if you spreading your knowledge as much as possible with friends, family, social media, whatever is Huge. So keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, I'll say my parting word. Um, yeah, going off the whole Josh train, I would just say be curious. Um and ask ask those questions. Ask hundred questions in a weekend. Um just if you have nobody like find somebody to ask, um, even if you think it's a stretch. Um, like Josh, you you, you and Baxter, I don't know like full story, but I mean you guys met um just in Cali, like which I mean, hunting's not super popular over there and you guys were able to like, um, build that bridge, which is awesome. Um, it, find somebody to ask, um, or if you don't know who to ask, you've got four guys right here. So yeah, that's what I'm gonna, that's where I'm going to leave it. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, that is a great point. Dan, I will say though, we need people like you, Nate, like you, Tom, and like you, Baxter. I mean, for, to, for you guys to spend this much time investing in people like me it's it means the world you guys have all changed my life like forever seriously i'm like forever indebted to you guys it it, it sped up the process so much more. who knows like if i hadn't met you guys and didn't get to go do these things maybe i would have given up you know five years is a, a long time to set a goal and who knows i could have never gotten into it so i want to say and i've said many times but i want to say publicly again like thank you thank you thank you so much for bringing me out this last fall it, it changed my life
2: awesome. you got it man yeah
1: Cool. I think that's a good way to end it. And uh, we'll have you guys back on in May when applications are open for next fall. So someone will get the opportunity like we did. And maybe we can recap the turkey hunt um, that you guys do, taking out the youth and taking out the two new hunters.
2: That'd be awesome. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Definitely.
1: Cool. Thanks, guys.
2: Thank yeah, you. thank you.